Hi, I'm Skylar. And I'm Sophie. And we're here to analyze Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from yes. 1971. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had never seen this movie until you introduced it to me. I'd only um, seen the 2005 one. And <laughs> you came up to me and you said, you know, you gotta watch this. It's it's really creepy. Like, it's, it's really messed up. And I was thinking, okay, well, it's a kid's movie. How creepy could it be? And then I watched it with you, Skylar, and you were right. So, <laughs> from my understanding, you've created a list of all the creepy scenes in this movie. Um, yeah. Why don't, I, why don't you take it away? While we were watching it, I just like trekked down like a few things that, you know, yes. just are weird. And so there's like this one, like right at the beginning, when you meet Willy Wonka. Yeah. And they're in the factory. Yes. He's like, we have so much time and such little to see. Mm. Which is, I just found an interesting comment. Like, after you realize that half the kids go missing in, like, the first half of the movie. Yeah, not even. They're just taken out. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah. Like, some of them will never see the end of the factory. So it's kind of weird that he sort of foreshadows this. He knows that the kids are going to go missing. And I think there's a lot of foreshadowing in in it, especially with stuff that he says. But not foreshadowing in terms of plot, but also just in his motives. Like, he'll just say weird stuff, like, oh, she was a bad egg. As this girl just, like, falls down a trash shoot to be, I don't, who knows what, right? To her peril. She was bad at yeah. Just so stoic and, you know, just really creepy. He's like repeatedly really careless about when the kids die. He kind of, he does the thing a few times where the kid will be like dying or getting like sucked into a machine or something. And he's like, oh no, stop, don't. But he says it really calmly. Yes. <laughs> It's so, um, he's just, um, completely unfazed. Like, August, I I mean, I don't know what list you've made, so I don't want to go into, like, whatever connections I've made to it, but the one quote that really sticks out to me was when Augustus Gloop, um, or Goop, or whatever his name is, I think it's Goop, no, Gloop, it's Gloop, um, (laughs) He falls into the chocolate and he's being like sucked up by that huge tube and the mother is like, what are you gonna do? Like, it's my son! Stuff like that and um, he's like, help, police, murder. He said murder. He's only cared, he only cares about the chocolate too. Like as soon as the boy Mm -hmm. falls in the river, he's like, my chocolate, my beautiful chocolate's contaminated. That's all he cared about, yeah. And I read a theory when that happened. Like, do you notice how big the tube is? It's big enough to fit a human body. Yes. A tube for a chocolate river doesn't need to be that big. No. So he knew. (laughs) There's so many things in this movie that just don't make sense at first, and you'll initially sort of attribute it to how eccentric the movie is and the vibes that they're trying to achieve, but then you just, you eventually realize that Willy Wonka is a serial killer. (laughs) It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. 
but yeah. yeah. Okay. What's, what's the next On this scene? list, yeah. like right before the death of Augustus Glue, yeah. they have to all sign this yes. like contract. Mm-hmm. I just found that so creepy. I never noticed that the contract has like a bunch of paragraphs and they get smaller and smaller until you can't read the conditions. Like he's hiding and something. The parents, the parents are like, I don't want to sign that. I'm not going to sign it. And so he makes the kids sign it. Yeah. Which I is think, incredibly illegal. Yeah, I think he wanted the kids to sign it. I think he knew that the parents were going to be, you know, reasonable, responsible, pragmatic about the thing. Like, what am I signing here? And the kids are just infatuated with, like, Willy Wonka and the idea of him, right? So he, yeah. I bet you he really exploited upon that. And the fact that the kids did sign leads me to believe that it's not a non-disclosure um, form it's like a liability waiver <laughs> like seriously yeah. if they're signing away their lives i bet that's what i it definitely is. think so or can you know the scene at the end where the boy he has to go get stretched in like the taffy machine room yeah because he got shrunken yeah in the when tv my tv happened. yeah when the oompa loompas come to get him mm-hmm. he like like Willy Wonka whispers to one of them and he's like, No, I won't blame you if that happens. Like like what did he think was gonna happen? Like yeah. he knew that these are gonna die. So that's definitely a liability waiver. Like It has to be. <laughs> it has to be. Like Ugh. And yeah, you go do you have anything else on your list? There's um like after that, the parents some of them were like, I wanna leave, I want out. Like almost immediately after that, and he was like, "The only way out is forward." And so, like, they implying have that to go through. Get out. Yeah, that's I so remember that. They're they're in this like trapped little room, and they're like cattle, just yeah. like in this tiny, tiny little room. They're all trying to panic and trying to get out, and it just—that's <laughs> what it reminded me of, like caged animals. Like he had them all in this little room. I have a quote. Um, you have a quote? Mm-hmm. I don't remember what room um, they were in at this point, but he whispered, like, Willy Wonka whispers to, I believe it's Baruch Assault's father. He says, um, candy is candy, but liquor is quicker. <laughs> yeah, and I remember that. That just really stuck out to me because, um... Like, when you think about Willy Wonka, right, he's the candy man, right? Like, there's a song, oh, the candy man, you know? So he's playing on that, right? Getting these kids to just completely idolize him, right? So that's how he uses candy. What does he use liquor for? You know what I mean? Yeah. I definitely think he, well, he's a really problematic person. Like, you see him pour what like I assume is liquor and he takes like a big drink of it as well yeah so he's somewhat intoxicated during During this tour (laughs) and there's a bunch of hazards in the factory so it's like (laughs) clearly kids are going missing it's also really creepy to note the fact that all the methods of transportation like the seats get fewer and fewer like he expected that there would be less like people would get lost along the way I believe that's like People notice it the most um, after Augustus Gloop passes. 
<laughs> they go on to the boat ride and there's the exact amount of seats for the people left. <laughs> so either this movie has a tight budget or Willy Wonka is indeed a serial killer, which, I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious. Yeah, and that boat scene is just horrific as well. Like when he starts singing and he's like, there's no way of knowing. They keep rowing and rowing and rowing. He just starts yelling. And there's like hallucinogenic pictures on yeah. the walls. And When I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is really creepy. Like this, they've missed the mark on this, you know? They were trying for something and they just, they completely got it wrong. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, it was made in 1971. They're trying the whole psychedelic thing, I guess, right? But it just didn't work. It, from yeah. like a, like a, I guess a cinematic movie standpoint, that's the only tone that just doesn't really work in the movie. Like, the biggest one, yeah. at least, you know? But, yeah. <laughs> I, I really did not like that scene, Skylar. Um, just thought I'd let you know. Kind of scared me a little bit. I had a theory about the scene. Sorry, we're like bouncing around everywhere, but like the scene right before Augustus dies. Yeah. When they're all eating the candy everywhere on like the trees and stuff. Like, what if he was trying to fatten them up and like get them to eat a bunch of sweet stuff so that he could cook them later? Like, this leads into the whole cannibalism theory that mm -hmm. a bunch of bats. And like. that one also, that whole entire um, room that they first um, entered, I think, like, symbolizes the transition point between the outside world and, like, the inner hell of the factory. Kind of like a purgatory, you know? Yeah. That kind of goes along with the, the theory that I found but we can go get into that later because we still have some scenes to highlight just how weird they are and just unsettling. Um, it's also important to note that when Augustus is in the tube, mm -hmm. Willy Wonka says, the suspense is terrible, I hope it will last. And he's yes. eating candy. <laughs> and he said it so... Um, sarcastically yeah <laughs> so dryly you know like it was a joke and he's eating this candy as if it's his entertainment yeah which perhaps it is because he lives such an isolated he doesn't he probably doesn't even leave the factory no he doesn't no so it's it's really it's weird it's very sadistic like scene to note that he just he doesn't mm -hmm. care about any of the kids and it really sets the tone no. Later on. Maybe from a storytelling standpoint, the Oompa Loompas serve as comedic relief. But the way I see it is they have a choreographed, perfectly timed dance that they just snap into the moment someone dies. And that leads me to believe that this is planned, all of it was, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know about that, but if I saw someone die, I don't think I'd be able to do a choreographed dance music number. That's yeah. for sure. 
And they also, like, right before he falls into the river, they start mixing in all these ingredients. And that kind of implies that the boy was one of the ingredients as well. Yes. <laughs> it's even, like... <laughs> even the chocolate was just so ominous. Yeah. It just was, as it flowed down that waterfall that he was just so in love with. He's like, turns my chocolate. Mm, yeah. It's like, just stop. Yeah. It's, it's You know what it is? It's like, we're more mature than kids, right? So we're watching this, and it has like this weird uh, hedonistic vibe, right? Of just complete indulgence. And that's really you know whenever there's that level of hedonism you really have to look into the person's morals a little bit yeah. just a little bit you know because it's just it's unsettling that's all i have to it's say really, i have like like going off of that i have a really great theory for you i'll yeah. save it for the end because it's okay it's it's gonna be a weird one okay i'm excited um Alright, when they go to the cream factory after that boat ride. Yes. And everything looks so unsanitary. There's like clothes everywhere. It's like, where did he get these clothes? Yeah. He adds a shoe into the um, mixture to give it a kick. Yeah. And that implies that he likes the taste of human clothes and like... Where did he get that shoe from, hey? Yeah. One of his victims. I read a theory that, like, you know how after the factory closed, he, like, fired all of his employees? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what if he actually cooked them all? <laughs> and that's where all the clothes come from. That's like a fan theory thing. Oh, my god. And the guy at the beginning is like, nobody ever comes out of the factory. So I doubt that's that true. he would just let the employees walk away. It's kind of... Even, <laughs> even like um the situations surrounding the oompa loompas themselves like they're not allowed out of the factory but also how he recruited them i mean he calls it giving them a better life he exploited their hardships and you know basically i mean i don't know if he pays those oompa loompas doesn't look like it if they're not leaving the factory yeah, and they all seem like, to have the same things, like the same uniforms, the same hairstyle, everything. Yeah. So that looks to me like like a labor camp, basically. Slave labor. You know, just rounding all the up all these people from a foreign land and bringing them to your factory. Come on. There's so some... That makes me think of like, that scene where he does say, like, I wouldn't blame you when the boy is going to get stretched. Like, maybe they're scared of Willy Wonka. Because, like, what if he yeah. does punish them whenever something happens? I mean, maybe. <laughs> he, does, he does have, like, a wrath, for sure. Yeah. Wonka, he has a wrath. Well, yeah, he, like, flips at, the, at Charlie and his grandpa at the end. I know, and then all of a sudden, like that, he's like, Oh, you won! That anger was real. It was real, and he was like trying to fix the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And we have the scene where Violet chews the gum, and like, he pitches the gum to the kids, and he's like, It's the most fantastic thing in the world. And it's like, Why would you say that if you don't want them to try it? It's true. <laughs> And then he's like, stop, don't. 
Yeah, but he doesn't say it like for real. He's like, stop, don't, you know, <laughs> don't try it, no. Yeah, it's, oh, and then he sends her, like when she turns into a blueberry and starts inflating, he sends yeah. her to the juicing room, and that implies that her juices are going to be used in recipes. Like, how are they going to separate her juices from the other juices? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> It's so off-putting. That yeah. her entire movie is just really off-putting. It just, you know, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just over here, kind of beside myself. It's really disgusting. And then he literally says it happens every time, implying that he's fed people gum like that before, and they've inflated. And like, you know, maybe. Maybe he tests because nobody enters the factory and nobody leaves it. Maybe he tests all the candy on the balloon bus. Maybe. Like there's personal trial runs. I don't know. But like, isn't Oompa Loompa a human? No, I don't think so. Are they? No. no, their skin is orange and they're like. Like, he kind of explains it like they come from... So, he couldn't use Oompa Loompas to test the gum on because maybe their effects would be different on a human. So, he would have to be using humans. Maybe that's why he brings the kids in the first place for human trials, because that's what they all do. They all test candies one at a time. I, I have another possible motive, but that could definitely... I mean, who knows? He could have... He... He's obviously a mad genius for creating all of these wonderful candies. He he could very well have just woven all of these needs and motives into one plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is his master plan. Like once every ten years, he gets ten uh what is five kids into his factory and just has a field day. <laughs> Doesn't get away with. Get, he no, he gets away with it. There we go. I'm just over yeah. here. Freaking no, but you that's it. Like it's, it's so creepy. It's also just like it's weird that he gives Charlie the factory at the end. Probably because he doesn't want to take accountability for his factory anymore, so he just writes off the deeds to another person. I don't yeah. know. I mean, that kind of, like, goes into the first theory that I found. This one's kind of, like, from doing research, um, this was kind of the most common theme. So you've probably heard of it as well, but, I mean, do we have any more scenes that we can go into, or? There's, like, it just goes over, like, the other children. I think, like, the only notable thing is that Charlie and his grandpa were supposed to die because they were supposed to fly up to that fan and die. And that's about it. Like, other than that, the kids just disappear one by one. And then Charlie gets the factor at the end. But you go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so near the beginning of the movie, we're introduced to, um, you know, the fact that he had to fire all of his factory workers because there were so many spies trying to get his recipes and stuff like that. So... Naturally, like, anyone would be, Wonka is enraged by his spying competitors, forcing him to live a reclusive life. So, solitude actually drives him mad, uh, leading this to, um, 
plan, this like plot to get back at the community, local and global, um, murdering their children. <laughs> Literally, like I feel like that's just like the most universal kind of motive, but yeah. So um, he sets the trap to lure the youngsters in, the golden ticket, right? And he intended them to all suffer awful deaths framed by accidents and Oompa Loompa's timed routines to sort of distract people. And eventually, Wonka, I mean, I guess he must be impressed by Charlie's ingenuity to manage to survive, but he decides he needs to indoctrinate um, an heir to his murderous throne and chooses Charlie to influence over, to exert influence over the one who is consistently loyal. You know what I mean? Like, not only is he impressed by the fact that he survived, like, he passed all of his, like, murderous traps, but he's the only one that didn't sell himself out to the spy that Wonka planted. You know what I mean? Whatever his name is. That's, like, yeah. that was, like, the most common sort of theory I found. You know, just sort of... Even just, like, the backstory. There's nothing really special about it. I found some weird ones, Skylar. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy ones. Yeah, I don't know. That one That one makes so much sense as well, because mm-hmm. it is proven at the end, isn't it? Doesn't he, like, reveal that the spy was planted and that yeah. was just like So that's shady. But then yeah. it also, like, another point to go along with that, because one thing that I was thinking was he just sent out five golden tickets into the world how could he manipulate that because he wanted kids right he wants kids to come to the factory he doesn't want some like 40 year old man woman you know what i mean so the theory is that each kid was like hand-picked by a network of salesmen employed by willy wonka (laughs) <laughs> so they're planting the tickets in the hands of specific kids and oh yeah and then the candy man at the shop would mm-hmm. be the one because the candy yeah. man in the shop knew every single kid's name yeah even though i'm presuming they're from london in that scene which is a huge city doesn't make any sense so he says something like now that all the tickets have been found i don't have to hide them anymore or something like that and i was just like ooh, kind of shady yeah yeah there's also like that scene when willie i mean when charlie buys the chocolate bar with the ticket in it the guy doesn't really give him a choice of which bar he wants he's like why don't you try just a regular wonka bar he grabs the exact one yeah definitely knew Mm -hmm. well how would they you know what i mean like how else would it work you know what i mean and that spy pops up at every single place he's there as soon as the kids find it he knows yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay wow that man was just really creepy like how he just touches the kids when he's talking to them yeah (laughs) i don't like it at all yeah, it's really bad. 
Um, so that's the, my first theory. I only have two, but you probably have many more than me. So I, I don't know. I have like a few weird ones. I'm reading through the list. So, okay, this is one of my favorite ones. Yeah. The idea that Willy Wonka wanted Charlie specifically to win the factory because yeah. it kind of looks the best. Like, he wants to pin his crimes on Charlie. Yes. <laughs> like, he has been isolated in this factory for years, and this is kind of like his final stand. He knows that he's going to lose the factory. He knows that it's going to be shut down. And so he wants to invite all these kids and kill them, supposedly. And he pins the crimes on Charlie by giving him the factory at the end. And it would look that way because Charlie is the poorest out of all the kids. Yeah. He could easily say, like, Charlie would kill the other kids to eliminate them so that he could get the free lifetime supply of chocolate. Yeah. yeah. And so he could pin the motive on this little poor boy. And, and also... Yeah, you go, you go. No, no, I just, I just need like, But yeah, didn't Grandpa Joe used to work for Wonka? I don't know, did he? I think he did. Or maybe I'm getting confused by the 2005 one. But I don't think so. Maybe. Actually, I have no idea. But even if he, like, if he did, well, I'm thinking he did. Um, yeah. What if there's like missing backstory and Grandpa Joe was one of the spies? Because you know he's like a little lying piece of like jerk because he he lays there for how many decades never touching the ground and then like his family is in destitution, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then as soon as like he gets the opportunity to go to Wonka, he's up and like dancing. <laughs> so that's shadiness right there. That's Munchausen syndrome. You know what I mean? But yeah. so maybe something happened there when he got laid off by Wonka. And Wonka knows this of Charlie and uses that to just destroy their entire lives by framing That's... all the murders on Charlie. That actually would be so good. And like, what if the grandpa's reason why he wanted to join Charlie and go to the factory was because he wanted to do another spy mission. Like when Charlie gets offered yeah. to betray Willy Wonka, mm -hmm. suddenly he gets off and he, like the grandpa's dancing around after years of being dead. And he doesn't like, instead of the mom going and the mom's perfectly fine, she's stressed out, she deserves a break. Yeah. He like takes her position and he's like, no, I'll go. Mm -hmm. It would make so much sense. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I just came up with it, you know. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right, I actually, that leads in so perfectly to this one theory. Yeah. I read it like 20 minutes before we started this podcast. Yeah, yeah. It killed me so much. So like, there's there's a video on YouTube and the lady analyzes Grandpa Joe's character. Yeah. And she claims that he's the most evil character in film history. <laughs> yeah. And there's actually a lot of reasons for this. Like, 
he like you said he pretends to be bedridden for like 20 years or something like that like a really long time yeah he's like he's refined to this bed but then he gets up and walks around suddenly that means that he has been walking around otherwise his muscles would have atrophied yes oh my god there's a theory and there's also like okay there's a scene where he has his hands on charlie's shoulders and his pinky fingernails are really long and every other nail is short and this leads to a really inappropriate theory that grandpa joe sneaks out at night and sleeps with prostitutes and does drugs (laughs) and that's why he's not actually bedridden oh my god it's not actually cigarette money it's like crack money (laughs) (laughs) and he makes charlie's poor widowed mother pay for his tobacco addiction (laughs) i know and there's a theory that he's been holding the other grandparents hostage on this bed so that they can get like insurance and they can all commit benefit fraud together oh my god I can't decide if these people are like geniuses or if they just have too much time on their their hands. It doesn't stop there. It's like so bad. They're, like the final part of the theory is that he is actually a Nazi war criminal, <laughs> and he's actually Joseph Mengele. No. And that's why he's been hiding? He's been like bedridden because he's trying to hide from the authorities, <laughs> and that's a real theory what if because it sounds like this grandpa joe if that was actually grandpa joe which might as well be i feel like (laughs) he would be best friends with wonka yeah and what if because okay this kind of leads into my theory that i found and that's um each of the characters represents one of the seven deadly sins so grandpa joe represents envy he kind of he wants the wonka life you know he really envies wonka you know he idolizes and looks up to him what if like they had that backstory where where they were best friends and grandpa joe was like going to take over wonka like the chocolate factory and then like wonka was like dude step off (laughs) <laughs> and then so he's so Grandpa Joe is like obviously so mad at this because they were like best friends and then he resorts to spying and then that's how the whole spying thing happened but anyways <laughs> to go into the rest of the theory uh, Willy Wonka would be wrath because he all of his actions are done out of retaliation or just anger like letting out anger on other people uh, Charlie Bucket is lust, and that sounds weird, but he lusts for the ticket. Like, that's all he wants in life. Like, he- and because he's never, like, he's always looking for more. You know what I mean? Mike TV is sloth. Like, he- all he does is sit in front of the TV. Uh, Veruca Salt is greed, obviously. Uh, Violet Beauregard is- uh, pride because she just boasts about her uh, chewing gum championship whatever and then Augustus Gloop is um, gluttony and then 
that sort of, and then just seeing that that sort of just made sense to me because the theory is is that um willy wonka and the chocolate factory is actually just um dante's inferno <laughs> masqueraded <laughs> because um dante's like inferno dante's led through hell by a guide through all the different levels right until he eventually comes to the last level or whatever and he meets satan um and the thing is like each of the levels of hell the punishment is designed specifically for the sinner who committed that sin and that's like each of the kids right augustus gloop is taken down by his gluttony he is going crazy with the chocolate river right veruca salt is like daddy i want this i want this i want this just like i have at home and stuff like that and she eventually falls down the shoot mike tv is stuck in the tv you know um what else you know just stuff like that where it's like why does this fit so well but here's the thing that made me stop (laughs) so there's this scene in um dante's inferno where chiron the boatman takes dante on a boat ride across the river acheron into the underworld and during the boat ride in Willy Wonka he's basically monologuing a literal descent into hell you know what I mean he's like yeah. they keep rowing and rowing and rowing they keep sinning and sinning and sinning that's actually so good holy mm-hmm. and even the end with the elevator right because Dante makes it out by climbing up Satan and then into heaven um Charlie makes it out um by climbing up the elevator you know what I mean holy yeah (laughs) that makes so much sense it doesn't it doesn't make sense how um similar it is it almost makes me wonder if it was based off of Dante's Inferno because it is like a classic but why would you have that as a children's book like doesn't make any sense yeah that's true but there's also like there's a lot of allusions to dark like historical things as well like in Harry Potter it's kind of based off the Holocaust like Tom Riddle is like Hitler so you do have things like that, so it, it really yeah. could be. It, that's such a good theory. I didn't hear that one before. <laughs> I mean, at least now I don't have to read Dante's Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> that boat ride, though. Yeah. I kind of want was- to quickly Google the script and just sort of do a read-through of exactly what he says without the emotion so it can really sink in because when I watched it the first time he's just yelling and there's lights and flashing stuff and it doesn't really sink in what he's saying yeah yeah but yeah, I think it would be really good to find that it's called Skylar it's called Wondrous Boat Ride <laughs> and it starts 
Round the world and home again, that's the sailor's way. Faster, 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 faster. There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing or which way the river's flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a-blowing? Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes, the danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing. There we are, Skylar. That is so creepy. It literally talks about hell and the Grim Reaper. Yeah, and it is like hell. Like he has projections on the like cave walls Mm. of people being like eaten by bugs and stuff, and it's it just Mm. is so unfitting for a children's movie. It's really weird. Well, and that's what leads me to believe like the first room that they're let in, it's sort of like the purgatory. You know what I mean? They're wandering around aimless, aimlessly, you know, there's no real purpose. Um, you know, they're kind of trapped there. That's what it feels like. And then he takes them in the boat ride, and that's when the actual, you see, like, the actual stuff happening. And, you know, everything past the boat ride, like, after that, that's hell. You know what I mean? Okay, mm-hmm. I like I just like solidified the cannibalism theory in my mind. Okay. <laughs> Tell me, I'm ready. So supposedly, like let's imagine okay, his chocolate has been like a big thing, like the best chocolate in the world for a really long time. Yeah. What if the secret ingredient has always been people? And that's why he was so upset at the idea of spies stealing his secret recipes. And that's why he fired all of his employees and shut everything down oh. and overreacted so much. Oh my God. And that's why you come into that cream room and there's human clothes everywhere. Cause he's been sneaking people into the factory, killing them and then using their clothes and recipes and stuff. And that's why like, this is his final stand. He's like, I'm running out of people to put in my recipes. My chocolate's not gonna be as good. I'll invite all these kids, put them into the chocolate, into the candy and stuff, and then give the factory to Charlie. So then if the chocolate stops being good because the people are missing from the recipe, it won't be pla- like it won't be because of me. <laughs> oh my god. Well, even the chocolate maybe I've never seen, you know, real chocolate before or whatever. But even the chocolate in the movie just looked wrong there's like a reddish tinge to it yeah it's kind of uncanny and maybe you'll only see it when you start thinking about stuff like this yeah it just looks weird and there's this weird okay this is about the book but there's a weird like chapter that was missing from the book and it was taken out by the author and it was called spotty powder and in the chapter there's they visit this room where a candy called spotty powder is being created and it makes your face have like little welts on it so that you can miss school oh my god and 
this little girl in the book is like really obsessed with school and so she decides to bring her parent and they go and like smash the machine but they get turned into powder while doing so and then one of the people asks Wonka if they got turned into powder and he's like of course that's part of the recipe so like, this is all just like his plan he planned all of this yeah <laughs> it's super weird what if that's what the waiver says at the beginning when they sign it like i give you permission to use my body in your recipe yeah like things like that it could say anything it really could because you saw how small the print went yeah that's so weird no one could read it all i know is that it's more than just a kid's movie there's secret messages for sure the boat scene nearly killed me. <laughs> I couldn't sleep at night. It's so weird that they chose to film it in a way that hints at all of these things, though. Like, it's not a coincidence. It's not like some no. kids' movie where they're just like, oh, that's a little weird that the character said that. It's like repeatedly we get these allusions to like murder and. It's oh, yeah. Weird. Well, cause like I'll babysit and I'll look after my little cousins and stuff like that and I'll watch movies with them and there's jokes that like only adults would pick up on and that they're there because they know that adults are watching these movies with their kids, right? And they're trying to keep everyone entertained. So there's that kind of thing, little weird messages for the adults. And then there's Willy Wonka. <laughs> When yeah. it goes full Jack the Ripper, you know, out for blood kind of thing. I mean, you saw him at the end um, when he was just berating Charlie and his grandpa for drinking the the carbonated drink, right? He's like, you lost, you don't get anything, you lost your prize, you squandered it, you know? And then just like that, like a flick of the switch. Yeah. It's like, oh, you won, Charlie. Doesn't make any sense. He's, it's just so unsettling to have him as a character. And I, it's really no, like there's no way, there's no way that any of that was just like a funny little thing put in there. Like the, whoever made this wanted it to be like kind of creepy for some reason and it's like for sure <laughs> why part of me considers um the time that it was made um like 1971 i feel like that's still a time where kids were expected to just handle things you know like oh they'll be fine like yeah. where are your kids oh i don't know they're out <laughs> you know what i mean it's sort of that yeah. era but still, this movie is just absolutely insane. It really is. A bunch of latchkey kids, but still, like, I don't know. It's I so think, weird. Yeah, it's definitely not a product of that time, per se. I mean, they're definitely trying to do, like, a whole acid trip thing. For <laughs> sure. For sure. Like, it's just complete LSD the entire time. Oh, one more theory before we end this whole thing. Yeah. 
I can't believe we forgot to talk about this. What? The snow piercer theory. <laughs> what? What is this? There's like a weird theory that's quite popular on YouTube, and it's like the theory. Have you ever watched Snowpiercer? No. It's a movie about a, po- a post-apocalyptic world where there's a train that goes through the mountains, and everyone on it can't leave, and it's kind of like self-sustained. Yeah. And there's a bunch of violence and stuff. I don't really know. I've never seen it, but apparently the train's engine can only be run by small people and so they kidnap little children and make them work in the engines Mm -hmm. and there's a theory that the leader the guy who invented the train is charlie and this is him as an old man after he inherited the factory and the apocalypse happened and he creates this train and changes his name to wilfred like willy wonka and he used all the the Oompa Loompas originally to work in the engine rooms, but then they all went extinct because there's no female Oompa Loompas. And then he started using small children instead. <laughs> Honestly, Sky, I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> it's like a really. But that's so another. That's another interesting point. Why weren't there any girl Oompa Loompas? Yeah. <laughs> that's more off putting to me. That's misogyny. Yeah, I think Willy Wonka was quite misogynistic. Like, I'm pretty sure there was a few times that he made weird comments and did things that were kind of weird, but... And it's the time period when it was made as well. True, yeah. It is weird. (laughs) Yeah. Where where are the girl in Palumpas? (laughs) That's what I want to know. It's like watching Lost. Like, you go in, and you watch an episode, and then you come out, and you have more questions than answers, and that's exactly what Willy Wonka is. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so, that last theory really, um... Who makes these things? I don't know. Who watches, like, two completely different genres of movies, and they're like, that reminds me of <laughs> Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh it's my so God. weird. But yeah. Um, I love it. Okay, well, it's been great, Skylar. Thank you so much for introducing me into this scary, scary movie. I'll forever be thankful for you. Anytime. Thanks this for the has been days. Two Girls, One Classic, yes. Episode 2. We'll see you <laughs> next you time listening. with yeah. um, another classic we haven't decided on yet. <laughs> But we promise it will be good. Yes. Mm -hmm, For sure. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week. See you.